Mishpatim, we will do and we will hear. Two words we read towards the end of our parasha, Na'aseh v'nishma, we will do and we will hear, are among the most famous in Judaism. They are what our ancestors said when they accepted the covenant at Sinai, and they stand in the sharpest possible contrast to the complaints, sins, backslidings and rebellions that seem to mark so much of the Torah's account of the wilderness years. There's a tradition in the Talmud that God had to suspend the mountain over the heads of the Israelites to persuade them to accept the Torah. But our verse seems to suggest the opposite, that the Israelites accepted the covenant voluntarily and enthusiastically. Then Moshe took the Book of Covenant and read it to the people They responded, We will do and we will hear everything the Lord has said. On the basis of this, a counter-tradition developed that in saying these words, the assembled Israelites ascended to the level of the angels. Rabbi Simlai said when the Israelites rushed to say, We will do before saying we will hear, 60 myriads of ministering angels came down and fastened two crowns on each person in Israel, one as a reward for saying we will do and the other as a reward for saying we will hear. Rabbi Eliezer said when the Israelites rushed to say we will do before saying we will hear, a divine voice went forth and said, who has revealed to my children this secret which only the ministering angels make use of? What though do the words actually mean? Naaseh is straightforward. It means we will do. It's about action, behavior, deed. But the readers of my work will know that the word nishma is anything but clear. It could mean we will hear, but it could also mean we will obey, or it could mean we will understand. And this suggests that there's more than one way of interpreting Naaseh v'nishma. Here are some. Number one, it means we will do and then we will hear. That is the view of the Talmud and Rashi. The people expressed their total faith in God. They accepted the covenant even before they heard its terms. They said we will do before they knew what it was that God wanted them to do. This is a beautiful interpretation. But it depends on reading Exodus 24 out of sequence. Because according to a straightforward reading of the events in the order in which they occurred, first, the Israelites agreed to the covenant. That's in Exodus 19. Then God revealed to them the Ten Commandments. That's Exodus 20. Then Moshe outlined many of the details of the law, Exodus 21 to 23. And only then did the Israelites say, by which time they had already heard much of the Torah. So the second interpretation. We will do what we've already been commanded until now, and we will obey all future commands. This is the view of Rashbam. The Israelite statement thus looked both back and forward. The people understood that they were on a spiritual as well as a physical journey, and they might not know all the details of the law at once. Shema means here not to hear, but to hearken, to obey, to respond faithfully indeed. Here's a third interpretation. Now, seven Shema, we will obediently do. On this view, the words Naseh and Nishma are a hendayadis. That's a really good word, actually. That is a single idea expressed by two words. The Israelites were saying 
that they would do what God asked of them, not because they sought any benefit, but simply because they sought to do his will. He'd saved them from slavery, led and fed them through the wilderness, and they sought to express their complete loyalty to him as their redeemer and lawgiver. So here's a fourth interpretation. We will do and we will understand. That's how Isaac Arama reads it in the Akedat Yitzchak. The word Shema can have the sense of understand, as in God's statement about the Tower of Babel, let us then go down and confound their speech there, so that they shall not understand Yishma'u, one another's speech. According to this explanation, when the Israelites put doing before understanding, they were giving expression to a profound philosophical truth. There are certain things we only understand by doing. We only understand leadership by leading. We only understand authorship by writing. We only understand music by listening. Reading books about these things is not enough. So it is with faith. We only truly understand Judaism in accordance with its commands. You cannot comprehend a faith from the outside. Doing leads to understanding. Staying with this interpretation, we may be able to hear a fifth and further important sense of the words. If you look carefully at Exodus chapter 19 and 24, you'll see that the Israelites accepted the covenant three times. But the three verses in which these acceptances took place are significantly different. The first is, the people all responded together. We will do everything the Lord has said. The second one, when Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said we will do. The third one, in our parsha, then Moshe took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, we will do and hear everything the Lord has said. Only the third of these contains the phrase, Nasevanishma, and only the third lacks a statement about the people's unanimity. The other two are emphatic in saying that the people were as one, the people responded together, or they responded with one voice. Are these two differences connected? It's possible that they are. At the level of Naser, Jewish deed, we are one. To be sure, there are differences between Ashkenazim and Sephardim. In every generation, there are disagreements between leading poskim, halachic authorities. That's true in every legal system. Poor is the Supreme Court that leaves no space for dissenting opinions. Yet these differences are minor in comparison with the area of agreement on the fundamentals of halacha. On doing, we are united. This is what historically united the Jewish people. Judaism is a legal system. It's a code of behavior. It's a community of deed. That is where we require consensus. Hence, when it came to doing, Naser, the Israelites spoke together with one voice. Despite the differences between Hillel and Shammai, Abaya and Rava, Rambam and Rosh, Rabbi Yosef Karo and Rabbi Mo- Moshe Isilis, we are bound together by the choreography of the Jewish deed. At the level of Nishma, understanding, however, we are not called on to be one. Judaism has had its rationalists and its mystics, its philosophers and poets, scholars whose minds were firmly fixed on earth, and saints whose souls soared to heaven. The rabbi said that at Sinai everyone received the revelation in his or her own way. 
here is the Midrash. And all the people saw the sounds of sounds and the flames of flames. How many sounds were there and how many flames were there? The meaning is that each heard according to his power to understand what he or she experienced. And this is what it means when it says the voice of the Lord in power, the voice of the Lord in majesty. According to this, what unites Jews or should do is action, not reflection. We do the same deeds, but we understand them differently. There's agreement on the Naaseh, but not the Nishma. That's what Maimonides meant when he wrote in his commentary to the Mishnah that when there is a disagreement between the sages and it does not concern an action, but only the establishment of an opinion, it is not appropriate to make a halachic ruling in favor of one of the sides. This does not mean that Judaism does not have strong beliefs. It does. The simplest formulation, according to Rabbi Shimon ben Semach Duran and Yosef Albo, and in the 20th century, Franz Rosenzweig, consists of three fundamental beliefs in creation, revelation, and redemption. Maimonides' 13 principles just elaborate this basic structure. As I've shown in my introduction to the Siddur, these three beliefs form the pattern of Jewish prayer. Creation means seeing the universe as God's work. Revelation means seeing the Torah as God's word. Redemption means seeing history as God's deed and God's call. But within these broad parameters, we must each find our own understanding, guided by the sages of the past, instructed by our teachers in the present, and finding our own route to the divine presence. Judaism is a matter of creed as well as deed. But we should allow people great leeway in how they understand the faith of our ancestors. Heresy hunting is not our happiest activity. One of the great ironies of Jewish history is that no one did more than Maimonides himself to elevate creed to the level of halachically normative dogma, and he became the first victim of this doctrine. In his lifetime, he was accused of heresy, and after his death, his books were burned. These were shameful episodes. We will do and we will understand means we will do in the same way. We will understand in our own way. I believe that action unites us, leaving us space to find our own way to faith. Shabbat Shalom.